Welcome to the Christian Worship Center podcast. We pray that this message encourages you and inspires you. Visit us online at www.cwcsj.org for service times and directions. Stand with me as you just turn your attention to the screens. As you read out of Luke chapter 23, today we celebrate Resurrection Sunday. If it's not for the resurrection of Christ, our gathering here is in vain. If it wasn't for the fact that Jesus Christ rose from the dead, then we're gathering here just for religious purposes. But the fact that he rose from the dead gives us hope once again. And today, I want you to understand something. Whatever your background is or wherever you're coming from, I need you to grab a hold of this. I'm here not to slang dope. I'm here to give you hope. No matter what you're going through, I want you to know that there's hope this morning. There's hope in a God that loves you so greatly, that went to extreme lengths, so extreme, to buy you back again, to love you and to to pay the price to bring you back to relationship with Him. Now, whether you know God or not, that's not the important thing right now. I just need you to understand whether you consider yourself a churchgoer or not, God loves you. Slap your neighbor, tell him he's talking to you. God loves you. Luke chapter 23. Be careful if you're sitting next to someone big like him and you slap them, they might slap you back. When they got close to the place called Skull Hill, they crucified him along with the criminals. Everyone say criminals. One on his right and the other on his left. So where did that leave him? You guys are good. Who says you don't know algebra? (laughs) Jesus prayed, Father, forgive them. They don't know what they're doing. One of the criminals hanging alongside cursed him. Not Jesus, but the other dude. One of the criminals hanging alongside cursed, actually cursed Jesus and said, Some Messiah you are. Save yourself. Save us. But the other one made him shut up. Have you no fear of God? You're getting the same as him. We deserve this, but not him. He did nothing to deserve this. Bow your heads with me and pray. Father, help in Jesus' name. Amen. You may be seated this morning. Very quickly, I won't won't be long this morning. I want you to understand something. I want you to recognize something very clearly. Have you ever been in a place of hopelessness? Have you ever found yourself in a place of hopelessness? Let me, let me explain this. Some of you are thinking, no, nah, no, nah, I'm cool. Nah, have you, like me, have you ever lost a loved one? Have you ever felt the pain of losing a loved one? Have you ever gone through the pain of having more month than you have money left at the end of the month? If you ever had more bills than you had money, you know what hopelessness can be. 
If you've ever walked into a doctor's office and the doctor says, we see a lump and we, we want to take a look at it because we think it's cancer, you know what I'm talking about, feeling hopeless. If you've ever found yourself in a situation where you come home, husband, and you find a note on the, uh, there on the table that says, you know, I love you, but I'm not in love with you anymore. You know what I'm talking about when I say hopelessness. If you've ever been in a place called addiction, and you want to get free, but it does, you don't know it. It's like everything in you says no, but something drives you to that drug. You know what I'm talking about when I talk about a place called hopelessness. If you've ever committed a crime and you find yourself standing in front of the judge. And you're standing there telling the judge, I didn't do it. And the officer says, well, judge, we got a radar saying that they were going 75 in a 35-mile-hour zone. You know, hopelessness. Can't lie about it. They got you busted. If you're a sports fan, you know what I'm talking about. If you're a Laker fan this year, you know what I'm talking about. Oh, it got personal there, huh? That was a line. Don't cross that line, huh? Pastor, you're cool. Just don't talk about my sports. We've all, we've all had a sporting thing that we're, we're excited about, but you've gotten to the point where no matter how much you love your team, they've gotten to the point that you know they're going to lose. And you've hit that point called hopelessness. I want to talk to you about hopelessness this morning. I want to talk to you that the Bible says that a hope deferred makes the heart sick. That whenever hope is removed from your, your, your body, from, from your mind, all of a sudden it can literally make you feel sick. It could literally affect you. And I want you to recognize something this morning. I want to tell you a story. It's a story about a man that, that made some bad choices. He, he blew it. He, he did some things that some people wouldn't approve of. And as a result, he got busted. He found himself standing before a judge and his accusers came out and they pointed him out and said, that's the man. He had nowhere. He tried to defend himself. He tried to fight, but there was nothing he could do. He was busted. And now all of a sudden, because of the crimes he committed, because of the people that he hurt, now he finds himself carrying a piece of wood that will someday carry him. And as he's walking through the crowd in the city called Jerusalem, there are two men walking in front of him. And the crowd is big and they're angry this day. And they're yelling at him. They're spitting at him. They're cursing him. And they're mocking him. And as he's moving his way through, the man in front of him falls every so often. There's blood that he's stepping on because the man in front of him, his back has been ripped to shreds. And as they go up a little farther, they finally come to the place called Golgotha, the place called the skull. Now the skull, I want you to understand, was at the entrance of Jerusalem. Whenever a visitor came into Jerusalem, they would look up at the high point called the skull. It was a sign that Rome would put to every person that if you broke a law, this is what's going to happen to you. You see, crucifixion to the Roman wasn't just a punishment. It was a deterrent. They wanted to make sure that anyone that ever thought about committing a crime would see that. And so well, I ain't doing that. Because they were crucified publicly. 
hung naked. We see pictures of Jesus with the loincloth. There was no loincloth. It was public. And your accusers stood in front of you as they watched you. Make no mistake about it. Crucifixion wasn't about feeling sorry for your crime. It was to make sure no one ever attempted that crime again. This man, as he's carrying his cross, comes to the skull. And, and the, the, the peace that he feels, the rest that he finally feels as this log is taken off his shoulders is just for a moment until all of a sudden a metal spike pierces his head. He is stretched out and another metal spike goes through the other hand. Ropes are affixed to his arm to make sure that the flesh doesn't tear away from the spikes holding him up. Nails pierce his feet and then they pick up this piece of wood and they drop it into the ground. And when it hits the ground, it vibrates. The skin rips as these nails hold on to keep the flesh connected. The pain is excruciating. The mob is yelling at him. And when he reaches this vantage point, he looks and he sees that the crowd isn't even looking at him. All their attention is on the man in the middle. You see, the man I'm talking about is a man called the thief. It's a thief hanging on the cross. And as he's hanging there, he hears these words. Father, forgive them. Because they don't know what they're doing. This man is hanging here. He hears the words of the man next to him. And he says, that sounds familiar. I've heard that voice somewhere before. I was in a crowd of people that were hungry listening to a teacher. And this man took two fish and five loaves and he broke it and he fed them all. I was out there trying to pickpocket people that day. Grab myself a little fish fillet while I was at it. He says, I heard about this man. This man has healed people. He's raised the dead. This man isn't a criminal. What is he doing? You ever seen Sesame Street? It says, one of these things are not like the other. You got a thief that is sitting there saying that there's something wrong with this picture. I belong here. My other brother belongs here. But that dude in the middle, he, he, he didn't do anything wrong. You see, he's come to a place now. Sentence has already been cast. Judgment has already come. Conclusion has come to. Now execution is taking place. This man called the criminal has come face to face with something called, listen to me, something called hopelessness. There is no hope. There'll be no appeals. No one's coming to his rescue. No one's taking him off the cross. It's done. Have you ever been in that place called hopelessness? Have you ever been in that place called alone? And as he hangs there, 
He realizes, and I need you to grab a hold of this. The Bible says that before the foundations of the earth, Christ died. Let me try this side. Maybe y'all are more spiritual. That from before the foundations of the earth, which means before God even created the earth, it had a, a plan had already been put into place for Jesus to die. Okay, I was wrong. And so, I need you to understand, middle section who love God, that before the foundation of the world, the world, before God even created the world, a plan was already in place for Jesus to die. I was right. Which tells me this. Before God even created the heavens and the earth, God made an appointment in the annals of history in heaven. He says there's going to be a man. We don't know his name. We don't know his family. All we know is he's a criminal. And whenever in the word of God you don't see a name listed, a history listed, I believe personally it's because that person could be any one of us. You insert your name where that person's name is. That God went through extreme lengths. This man is hanging. No hope. And he hears a voice and he says, wait a minute, that voice sounds familiar. And he finds out that God himself is hanging out in his place of hopelessness. Oh, somebody got to get excited about that this morning. I'm here to tell you that when you find your place of hopelessness, that you will find that God is there each and every time. God hangs out in your place called hopelessness. So how do I get beyond this? You see, I'm going to land the plane early this morning. How do you get beyond these issues? How do you get beyond the hopeless place? See, I think we can learn from this man called the thief. We don't know his name, but I think we can learn from the robber. There's one thing that he did. The first thing that he did was simply this. He respected God. He respected God. You know, it's, it's funny because you get the, you even get the gangsters out there that they'll be, they'll be shooting people up on, on Saturday night, but they're, in, they're making sure they're in mass on Sunday morning. Well, I got to get to church. Got to get to church. Shut up, fool. And they, they kill them, but, you know, I got to get to church. You know what I'm talking about? Because it's all, it's all about, you know, we, we got we to get, get the church in. Many of us have lost our respect for God. We've lost our respect. America has, is living in a manner today that we have no regard for who God is anymore. Our opinions matter more than the word of God does. All of a sudden, it doesn't matter what God's ideas are. As long as uh, the, the majority agree with something or accept something, we can change the law of God. I need you, I need to do, need you, to understand, uh, I need you to understand something this morning. No matter how much you disagree with anything, there's only one opinion that matters in the kingdom of God. And that's the, that is the opinion of the king. God didn't give us a book of suggestions. The word of God is his thoughts towards us. 
And we've lived in a, we live in a manner now where we don't give a rip what God thinks. We're going to live our way. We're going to do our thing. But this, as, as they're hanging there, this thief over here looks at Jesus and says, Some Messiah you are. Save us. He had no regard for God. He's about to go into the afterlife and he's already cursing his only hope of salvation. Talk about stupidity. That's like y'all that get mad at the cop that pulled you over. Smart. That'll get you out of the ticket. There's only one person that came to Jesus' defense. All the disciples that he poured his life into were gone. It took a thief to defend God. Oh, you didn't catch that. It took a thief. Everyone else ran. Only the thief defended him. Only the thief said, hey, man, shut up. That's the Lord you're talking to. That's the Messiah. Hey, we deserve to be here, but he's done nothing wrong. Second thing I want you to know, you're not going to find to get out of hopelessness until you take responsibility. Have you ever met those people that everything is someone else's fault? You get a ticket, it's the cop's fault for following you. You gain weight, it's your wife's fault for cooking so good. Everything is always someone else's fault. You never take responsibility. And the first thing they teach you in AA or any other group, if you want to break an addiction or a situation, you first got to take responsibility. You got to stop blaming people. Listen, I know some things may have happened to you that weren't your fault, but I need you to understand those things can't keep on hurting you until you make a choice to change. This guy right here, he just he recognizes something. He he takes responsibility. See, it might not be your fault that you're where you're at, but it is your fault if you stay there. Come on, somebody. He said, we deserve this, but not him. The last thing I want you to notice is what he did. He tells Jesus. Then he said, Jesus. Everyone say Jesus. Jesus. Now, have you ever been in those situations? Oh, Jesus, you get me out of this. I promise I'll never do it again. <laughs> you pray that. Oh, Jesus, I only got $3, and it's, you know, $3.19 for my, for my Happy Meal. I need more money. Lord, if you have someone pay for me, I'll, I'll serve you for the rest of my life. Lord, you get me out of this ticket, I'll serve you for the rest of my life. You can tell I've gotten a few tickets in my life. <laughs> and we live in a manner where we think that we got this. If your car breaks down, where do you take your car? If your tooth hurts, where do you go? If you got a cold, where do you go? Doctor, okay? You following me? If, if you're trying to get your taxes done, where do you go? CPA, someone that knows your taxes. Are, are you following me? Yeah. When you have an issue, you go to an expert. Yeah. If I have a toothache, I'm not going to my CPA. This man's hanging on a cross. He has respect for God. 
He's taking responsibility for a situation, but now he has to take it a step further. It's all right. Well, yeah, pastor, you don't know how many people I talk to. Yeah, I know I messed up. I know I need to get my marriage right. I know I need to get off drugs. I know I need to get back to church. I know I need to do this. Listen, it's enough to know about it, but you got to be about it. You got to get to the point where you start asking for help. He's hanging on the cross and he asks Jesus. That name means Savior. He goes to the one that can help him. Listen, stop asking marital advice from the person that's divorced 12 times. Well, you know what I did? I left. Yeah, we know that. 12 times. Well, see, you know, you know how to raise them children? Let me tell you how to raise them children. You ain't got no kids. Are you following me? Let me tell you something about life, how to deal with your money. You're broke. (laughs) Come on, folks. Are are you following me? And yet, why are you asking for spiritual advice from family and friends that don't know God? Say it again, Pastor. Why why are you searching for for information and direction from someone that doesn't have a clue who God is? And I want you to notice what he says. He tells Jesus, Jesus, remember. Everyone say remember. Remember Remember me when you enter your kingdom. In fact, as he hung there, he had this recognition. There's a kingdom that you're a king of. Our current situation does not show us where you're going. Where we're at right now isn't our final destination. And so as he hung there, he says, remember me. I might be in a hopeless situation, but you're the hope dealer. You're the hope dealer. You can get me out of this. And I love what Jesus says. He said, chill. Don't worry. I will. Don't worry. I will. Look what he says in the next statement. Today. Everyone say today. Today you will be with me in paradise. Friend, you can't do this alone. Listen, you can't do this alone. Nor were you ever meant to. In fact, let me say this as we close. Worship team, if you'd help me. I need you to grab a hold of this. It's never too late. It is never too late to put your marriage back together. It is never too late to reach out to your children. Never too late to get out of debt. Never too late, come on somebody, to lose weight. There's never too late to find yourself back in your relationship with God. You're never too late to reach back and get that relationship with God where it needs to be. God set it up to meet. He put it in the appointment book of heaven that I'm going to meet a thief on my last day to take time to lead him the way to heaven (laughs) he set it up Jesus could have died alone but he said nah put me right next to that one do you know that they could have put him over here and the thief could have been way over there 
and he wouldn't have been able to communicate with them? God set this thing up. You're where you're at right now. You're where you're at right this moment. You think that tragedy brought you here. No, it didn't. You thought Easter brought you here. No, it didn't. You thought that persistent family member brought you here. No, it didn't. God, in his appointment book in heaven... I got a message for y'all. Y'all got set up by God this morning. God loves you so much, he sets you up to give you hope. He sets you up to give you hope. You might be thinking, Pastor Dan, that's pretty crazy. God went through some crazy stuff. Yeah, God will go through great lengths. Great lengths. Just to reach you. And I need you to understand something. God didn't cause the tragedy. God's not the one that caused what happened to the thief to take place. A lot of the tragedies we're facing in life, God didn't cause them. But he will redeem them. He will take them and he'll put them back together and get get glory as a result. As a church, our hearts are broken and we're mourning right now. With the passing of a great mother. Who this past week was found. She had passed away. Her two little kids. Her two older kids. Just a... a, a, picture of, of hopelessness. But in the midst of that hopelessness to the family, I need you to understand he is a God of hope. And he didn't cause this to happen. But Marcel, in the middle of all these things going on, where you feel like, where is God? Mijo, just look to your left. Because God's hanging right next to you. He's right next to you. You're not alone. When they came to Jesus to kill him, to break his leg so he would die, they found that he was already dead. Why is that? Bless you. Because Jesus told him, today you will be with me in paradise. So Jesus had to go and get things ready for him before he showed up. He wasn't going to let him die first. Jesus' life wasn't taken. He laid it down for you. That's why he said, Father, into your hands do I commit my spirit. Jesus was in control the whole time. In the middle of your chaos, God is still in control. Bow your heads with me right now. Father, I pray for every person in this place right now. You know the struggles that they're battling. 
You know the pain that they face in their hearts. But Lord, I know this one thing, that religion was never the thing that would get us to heaven. It's always been a relationship with you. So Father, I pray for every person within the sound of my voice that they would come to recognize how much you love them. I've said this for years. Going to church doesn't make you a Christian. Just like going into your garage doesn't make you a car. Going to McDonald's doesn't make you a hamburger. Or going to a donut shop make you a cop. Going to church doesn't make you a Christian. It's all about a living relationship with Jesus Christ. And this morning, for those of you that don't have the hope of glory, which is Christ Jesus, I want to give you the opportunity to know him now. With heads bowed, eyes closed, I'm Thank you for downloading this message. For more information on our church, visit us at www.cwcsj.org.